gonna do it. You, you, Lieutenant Weinberg, you can't handle the truth. The truth. Sometimes it is massaged, sometimes it is bent, sometimes it is simply lost. Nowhere more so than Australian Rules Football, where there are more officially accredited journalists covering AFL footy than Australia's parliament. Hope, however, is not lost, for there are those who choose fact over fiction almost every time. They are the unlikely. They are the uncommentators, and not surprisingly, they are the unaccredited. Who are they? They are the last line of defence. My name is Glenn Manton, and joining me across the fullback line of truth are the Nelson twins, Chris and Justin. Gentlemen. Welcome back, G-Man. Don't say welcome back to me because I was here the whole time. I'm getting straight into the mailbag before your brother says a damn word. Jeremy from Moorabbin wants to know where have you both been? I have been on holidays in Thailand. Well, that's just unexplainable. You can't just up and leave without giving us some notice. What went on? Just, I was over there holidaying, sunbaking, getting away from Justin, as I like to do every three months or so. And I'm back, I'm well tanned, and I'm taking on the Hawthorne Footy Club. And how is your rectum? <laughs> uh, it's sunburnt. Sunburnt rectum? <laughs> yes, I've got a sunburnt Well, rectum. you both apparently had gastro. That's the news that I had. And I've been told off air that you had a milkshake before an internal flight, no pun intended, which caused you some discomfort it downstairs. It did indeed, yes. I had a thick shake, actually. A Not thick just shake. a milkshake. It was thicker well, than it a sounds milkshake. like it came out a milkshake. <laughs> it did, it did. I made the mistake of getting on a domestic flight in Thailand before my international flight, and I had a thick shake. Silly, I got to the silly, international silly. airport. Justin told me to get some Imodium. Is that... Uh, yeah, that yeah. was the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you've never had Imodium before? No, no. Uh, so thank you, Justin. Thank you for that. And uh, anyway, all's good. I didn't blow up on the plane, which was lucky. Speaking of blowing up... Mr. Justin Nelson, before we went to air just a moment ago, you were blowing up something up your nose. What were you doing, <laughs> sir? I'm a bit fluey here, G-Man, and the listeners at home may notice that I'm a bit phlegmy. So you yeah. stole your brother's nasal inhaler and stuck it in your nose. That's Is that right. just not a recipe for disaster? There's nothing we won't share, G-Man. <laughs> oh, well, we won't talk about the Moroni sisters, but we will speak <laughs> about who you're matching up on because your brother's already said that he's taking on Hawthorne. Who do you want to play on today? I'm playing on one Gary Ablett. One G Ablett? That's a big name. Junior or senior? <laughs> wow. That's a good call. That's a, that's a very good question. I will be playing on junior. Junior. Mostly, but I feel that senior will probably come into the equation at some point. Quick question. Will there ever be a junior junior? Maybe. Yes, I, I maybe. Don't think, I don't think Gary's got any kids, does he? Is he no, Gary? he doesn't. He doesn't. But, but to, will he go down that path of a junior junior? Could could do. I just want to say, Glenn, did you ever play on Gary Ablett Senior? Gary Ablett Senior, no. He was never a direct opponent, but he did run through me half a dozen times, which <laughs> accounts for some of my lack of memory. But to Jeremy Moravin, I think we've explained where these two gentlemen have been. If we've got more time, as always, we're pressed, but if we have more time, we'll get to some further mailbag questions at the back end of the podcast. But for now, let's confirm this week's matchups because this is the last line of defence. Episode 9, we're at episode 9 wow. already. Who'd have thought? Who would have thought? People keep coming back for more. So we'll go through it. Jay Nelson, Gary Ablett, C. Nelson, Hawthorne, and I'm going to round out the full back line of truth by looking at Easter. 
I want to look at Easter. <laughs> I want to look at all the things that Easter brings, where it went wrong, where it went right. Some footy discussion, but I've got a great Easter breaking story for you. It might just take us away from the footy, but let's get to the marquee matchup. Let's sound the siren. There it is. There is the siren. Marquee matchup. Jay Nelson versus G Ablett. Junior, please, sir. <laughs> nice one. I get to go first. The of course. I'm ever. Nine episodes, boys. You're in. And I'm in. I'm taking the kickouts. Well, do, just get on it. with it. Tom, Gary, Gary, Gary. That's who I'm playing on, boys. Gary Ablett. And uh, this has all come about with the fanfare, Chris. I don't know if you've missed it while you've been away. Do they have internet in the village where yes, you were staying? Yes, I've got, I've got the internet. Got the AFL app on my phone, so I followed it while I was away. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, Gary, three. Well, he's into a three-year deal. Yes. Uh, he wanted to stay at the Gold Coast for three years, $1 million a year. He opted to try and get out at the end of the first year. Yes. He wants to try and get out at the end of the second year. And Tony Corcoran, the chairman at the Gold Coast, says we're not letting him go anywhere. And I'm putting it to Gary Ablett, and that's why I'm playing on him, mm. that he has to stay. He's a marquee player. He made the choice when he left in 2011 that he was going to be responsible for setting up this football club. And all he has done in the last 18 months is ruffle feathers and create a poor culture and set a bad example for those around him at the Gold Coast Suns. So you are critical of probably the greatest player that's ever played the game. <laughs> <laughs> I am very critical. And I know things are expensive on the Gold Coast and when you're on a footballer's wage, it is tough. But I think Gary needs to show a little bit more commitment to the football club. And he needs to stay. So I missed the, the footy show episode where they had him on and interviewed him. But did he say that he wanted to leave or did he say that he's going to stay and fulfil his contract? Well, I actually saw a little bit of that. And he got ambushed left, right and uh. centre by all sorts of inane and somewhat just desperate questioning. Even dead eyes Craig Hutchinson couldn't bring any spark to that segment. But let me throw this to you. Isn't it about relationships? And isn't it Gary Ablett's relationship possibly with Rodney Ede, which is the main focus of this issue because if he doesn't want to be there there's got to be a critical reason and you'd assume that that is around the coach I don't know, I'm not privy to what goes on and you boys know that I have my sources from time to time but that is not one thing that's come up is his relationship with the coach. Okay, so yeah. we can maybe take that off the table. What are your hypotheticals? What is the issue behind the scenes well, here? Could it be a similar situation to, to when you left Essendon, Glenn? And <laughs> Not at all. I got no. the arse. Well, just... There's no similarity. I wanted to stay. I got the arse. I had a girlfriend. I was happy at the time. Wanted to take her to the prom. She said, fuck off. I'm left <laughs> dealing with Tinder. So was it... there was no, was there was Kevin... no similarity. Was it Kevin Sheedy who gave yeah, it was me and Sheeds. We didn't yep. uh, see eye to eye at any point now. How, how long did the exit interview go for? Oh, around about 10, maybe 20 seconds. <laughs> and I was uh, on my bike back down Napier Street. No, there's no similarities here. It was a different time, a different place. I mean, back in those days, I was on a wage of probably $15 a game. So it's not at all comparable. But there must be a source of the issue here. And we deserve to take a two or three minutes to figure that out. Oh, it's personal issues or yeah, personal but what does reasons. that mean? Well, that's where my sources come into play, and that's oh. why they've said that it's not Rodney Ede, it's personal issues. And okay. I can only presume from the conversations that I've had that we are talking about Gary Ablett Senior. Ah. And that is the issue. So he wants to get back home to Geelong where his dad lives. I believe that is the case, and I just put this out there. Why not bring the issue to the Gold Coast? Why not get Gary Ablett Senior up there? We could maybe... Get him a job as a meter maid. Um, perhaps yeah. a, maybe a, a school. school. He's superintendent. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How good would he be? A schoolie <laughs> superintendent. A spiritual advisor. Spiritual advisor. Mentor the to the kids. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. Oh, that'd that be way, fantastic. That way Gary Jr. can stay and yeah. we, can, we can fix the problem. All right, let's get serious again for a moment <laughs> because apparently we haven't been serious. What would be the issue with his father? I wouldn't like to speculate. You would know more than me, Glenn. You're involved no in the inner sanctum of AFL football. and you know, I'm well and truly out of the inner sanctum. This podcast is all about speculation, Justin. <laughs> well, you speculate then. You step up and you speculate, C. Nelson. Well, in my opinion, I think he probably wants to leave the Gold Coast. One, because he's from Geelong. Mm-hmm. And two, he feels as though they can't win a premiership up there. And if he could get back to Geelong, they m- he may be able to tack on to a, to a premiership. That would be my opinion. Has he burnt bridges? Well, I don't know. I have heard from a few people that uh, there are times there where Gary isn't even at training and he's, he's in yeah. Melbourne while everyone else is training and all that sort of stuff. But in saying that, he's, he's what, 33? So he's coming towards the end of his career, probably needs to be managed. But Gold Coast are playing well, so they could make the finals. Can we, really, can we confirm that? I'm really interested. Is he 33 years old, is he? Justin, you've done your research. Yeah, what you've is got, he's, he's about 33 years old. I, I, really, I only looked at the dollar signs more so as compared to mm. his age. But mm. he's on yep. a lot of money. And, yeah, the, the point I wanted to make is that he owes AFL football, he owes the Gold Coast Suns better than leaving halfway. Well, is, it, is it an omen? The son of God is 33. That was the same age that Jesus was when... Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is huge speculation. So, so we better check that if anyone's up there with uh, hammers and nails. Maybe. Because maybe there's a terrible ending coming Th- very 33 soon. years of age, the son of God, it could be time to go. Well, I'd have to say, given everything that we're hearing right here and now, that his best way forward, quite sincerely, is to somehow place his personal issues to the side and really work at playing his best football for this football club. Because at the age of 33... He isn't going to get out of this contract. There's no way I'd let him out of this contract unless he steps well away from the money, so the financial obligation isn't there. But I think at the age of, age of 33, he's only got a couple of years left. I think his body is well and truly tormented, and it sounds like his emotional sense of self is somewhat battered as well. Well, what about he does something to get himself kicked out of the car? <laughs> Now you're talking. Go for it. What do you well, think? Uh, well, maybe... He does it follow in the footsteps of Carmichael Hunt, maybe, in the, <laughs> and, uh, and the and devastation that he caused well, out there yeah. short time. Yeah. Yeah, what what so. could he do? What could he do to get himself kicked? I think he has to get himself kicked out of the club. Out yeah, of, sorry, yeah. out of the state. I reckon okay. he can throw a bigger house party than Corey Worthington. Yes. That's a start. Yeah. Yeah. That's good thinking. That might see him on his way back to Geelong. How do you reckon it'd go if Gary Ablett posts on Facebook that he's having a house party? How many would <laughs> turn up? That'd be fantastic. I'd like to see that. Yeah. And I think Gary's got a lot to answer for. And the bloke that I feel sorry for the most is Tony Corcoran, the Gold Coast chairman. He's throwing more punches than... David Reese jones in his playing days at the moment, defending his club and making sure that uh, people stick around. He's already lost players in the off-season. And I think that uh, Gary Ablett has been a huge problem in creating this culture of blokes wanting to leave. If you've got your marquee player who wants to leg it, it's, it's not a great example for the juniors. And poor old Coco, he's struggling big time there. <laughs> Is that your source? He's your mate, yeah. Coco. Yeah. <laughs> he's very outspoken. He, he's, they've even attacked the Gold Coast. Uh, last week they came out and said the Tasmanian government said we'd be happy to take a defunct Gold Coast football club and relocate them to Tasmania. And Coco's come out and said the only thing that Tasmania's got going for him is unemployment. And, uh, wow. But, yeah, that's right. And people have got on his back and saying you can't say that. But I, I understand. I'm in his corner. He's fighting hard for his footy club and he has to because he's got guys like Gary Ablett that are letting him down. Have you well, seen 
What, how's the passion? How's the passion? Oh, it's, it's huge. And people have no idea. There's about an inch of newspaper articles here, <laughs> which have been trimmed to perfection with Mum's Good Scissors, which I think is fantastic. And there's an absolutely abundant notebook here. There's just two pages of notes, which I, I think is to be commended. And I'd yeah. like you to give me a little bit of a, a joining round of applause for your brother, because that was absolutely a tremendous segment. But now it is, in fact, time to hear from our sponsors. Greyhound Buses, the only greyhound not on the juice. Welcome back to the last line of defence where all holes have been plugged, not only down back, but from behind. The Nelson Twins are back on deck. Diarrhea has been taken care of. I'm not sure about gonorrhea. We're not going to go there. One Jay Nelson just took on Gary Ablett and slaughtered him head to head. I'm going to throw to the other back pocket where C Nelson apparently wants to take on the Hawks. Fire away, sir. I'm taking on the Hawthorne Footy Club, gents, and I'm very keen to get your feedback on this. So let's face it, it's the end of an era at Hawthorne. It's, it's like the fall of the Roman Empire. Really? That it big? Is. It is. It's time for Hawthorne to rebuild. And, uh, yeah, so they need to start turning over their list and they need to do it with Alistair Clarkson. I don't think you can get rid of a guy who's coached four premierships, so he has to be there for the start of the rebuild. Question number one. Yes. Let's see if you've done your research. Alistair Clarkson, how many years has he been at the helm? I believe it's about 11. He is done. He needs to walk away. Really? He is done. Absolutely. He's done. He's, he's, his message is dead. Um, <laughs> unless he, he brings in some fresh new faces and people, and I don't think he's that sort of person, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense to him. He's his own man. He's a strong character. He's got his own methodology. But I think it's done. 11 years at the helm of the same ship. Move on. I'd say that about teaching. I'd say that about any sort of coaching or mentoring. Time to spread your wings, fly somewhere else, leave the coop, let the birds just stay to their own accord, get on with life. Well, I totally disagree with you. I think a guy who's coached four premierships has earned the right and the respect to be able to bring through a new group. And what I've done is I've gone through their list and just had a bit of a look at some players who I think need to move on. And I'm interested to get your thoughts on it, gentlemen. Mm. So we're going to start Luke Hodge. What do you think about Luke Hodge? Had 35 disposals, I think, yesterday. Mm -hmm. And fantastic effort. He's been a great leader. But if you're going to bring some new kids in, it's time for Hodgie to move on. First question would be, how old is Hodgie these days? 33, I believe. 33. Everyone's 33. Everyone's so, 33 yeah. in this day and age. I like it. <laughs> Let's come back to Hodge. Who's next? Benny McAvoy. Unfortunately, was almost in tears after his... I think it was his 150th game. I don't know if it's uh, 150 for Hawthorne or 150 altogether, but he was almost in tears coming off the ground the other day. And unfortunately, another guy, late 20s, He's not going to be there for a next premiership at Hawthorne, so it's he time. He looked a little bit slow, McAvoy. He looked as though he got mm. out-bustled in the ruck. Well, he's six foot six, so he's never going to be lightning fast. But uh, if you're looking at rebuilding and, and a new premiership, then uh, I don't think a guy who's in his late 20s is going to uh, be the man. But I think that's an interesting comment you make, that he's six foot six and he's never going to be fast. There are guys who are six foot six who are absolute lightning. Buddy, and buddy. I think the question around people like Ben McAvoy, for example, is... What sort of environment historically did he grow up in? He probably grew up in a plodding six foot six environment where now you've got fast running, ground covering six foot six players. So the 
game evolves, and if you can't evolve with it, maybe you can't find a place in today's modern game. Whichever well, sport that is. Interesting enough, Justin and I played in a premiership against Ben McAvoy. He was a, really? Yeah, he was a young kid at Datarang Mount Beauty, coming off a wing. He was probably not six foot six then, but uh, he was about 15. He did grow, but... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the experience of playing against Justin and I... Hardened him. Is, it it hardened him. Good yeah, yeah. It pretty much made his AFL career, really. <laughs> hardened him. Now, you've got about another seven names to get through there, so get through them quickly. I have. All right, Ricky Henderson, who they did pick up from the Adelaide Crows. Uh, Justin, you're looking at me as though, who the hell is Ricky Henderson? Hendo. Hendo, yeah. I think he's about 28, not 33, but are you really going to... Are you really going to win a premiership with a guy who's 28 years of old of age that you picked up from the Adelaide Crows? Probably, Probably not. not. Oh, this I hate to say this name, Sean Burgoyne. Why what do you hate a, to say it? Because you can't pronounce it. Yes, because I can't pronounce it, Sean Burgoyne. But what a great player! He is one of the most skillful players I've ever ever seen. But time to go. Keep going, Jared Ruffhead. Jared Ruffhead, maybe. You're looking at me in disgust, Justin. He's just come back from from uh, cancer treatment, and I'm saying get rid of him. But uh, he's the heart and soul of the club. He is. Maybe they could let him go on for we'll another. We'll come back year. to that. We'll come back to Next that one. one. Uh, Josh Gibson. We'll come back and Ty Vickery. And Tyrone Vickery. All right, let's have a look at your list here. I'm going to put two ticks next to Jared Ruffhead because they're never going to let him go. As you said, heart and soul. I'm going to put two ticks next to Ty Vickery because you've gone to the trouble of recruiting him. You're going to look like an idiot if you Mm. let him go instantly. I'll put... One and a half ticks next to Josh Gibson because he plays a fundamental role and he's a bit of a uh, a glue, if you like, in the back line. Yep. Sean Burgoyne, I'll put one and a half ticks next to him because he could easily give you limited min- minutes in a limited sense. Ricky Henderson, apart from him being the son of the creator of the Muppets, I haven't heard of him, <laughs> so I'm going to put a cross next to him. Ben McAvoy, I'm going to put a question mark next to him because I haven't watched enough of him play. And Luke Hodge, again, I would suggest you, you, you're going to put one and a half next to him because he could play a limited role. The, the big issue here is that the coach, I'm telling you, unless you go <laughs> top down, you're not going to inject any change into this environment, this group. They need a new voice, a new direction, something that's going to change the course of their history. Fire of course away. they do, because your list strategy uh, here, Glenn, is you've not offloaded anyone bar one or two players, so <laughs> you're going to have to change the Well, coach no, you, you tell me who you're offloading there out of those players. Who are you going to give the arse oh, to? I'm with Chris. He, he's put a list there of You would get rid of all of them. Well, you've got to get rid of some of them. How do you turn over a list if you keep everyone on We've got this on record. (laughs) And I want to hear you tell me that we're getting rid of Jared Ruffhead. Hang on, is this my segment? No, it's not anymore. (laughs) Shut up. I said keep Jared Ruffhead. So Ruffhead's staying. Yes, everyone else can go. He can go. He's gone. Josh Gibson? Gone. Gone. I just want to hear it on record. Sean Burgoyne? Gone. Gone. Ben McAvoy? Gone. Gone. Luke Hodge? Gone. Light and easy? Well, he can keep that one. Keep that. Yeah. And Ricky Henderson. Yeah, gone. He was never there. Yeah. So, all right, fair enough. Our listeners have now got the lowdown that Hawthorne essentially is going to be raped and pillaged and there'll be nothing left. It's Wait, called I a rebuild. I haven't finished yet, though. I haven't finished. Because oh, you're pretty close. I, I, I had those list of guys as they need to go, but I also had some guys on the list that uh, we could maybe think about. All right. Will Lankford. Got a nice four-year deal at the end of the 2014 Grand Final. I right. don't think he's had a kick since then. <laughs> Probably a, a super nice guy, but could be uh, in line for a trade. Okay. James Frawley. How do you rate the, the pick-up of Frawley? As... Okay, yep, I hear you. All right, I don't know whether that's worked out. Now, some people are going to hate me, and I know my mate from back home, who is a huge Hawthorne supporter, is is never going to talk to me again when I say, what about Cyril? 
Okay. Yeah. So if you lose Cyril, you possibly lose Bruce McAvaney as well. <laughs> possibly, possibly. And uh, Poppy, what about Puopolo? Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, my genuine response to all of this would be Hawthorne seemed to be the poster child for management, coaching staff and the like to come together and do something American sportish. But I just don't think Australian sporting landscape's ready for it. I don't think you're ready to see Cyril traded for two players in return looking at a big picture. I don't know that we've got that in our psyche if we can cope with it because you do make a good point in all seriousness. If you offloaded Cyril, picked up two good young kids. If you got rid of Josh Gibson, picked up this and that. Like all this sort of stuff. Yes, it could make sense, but I just don't think anyone in our sporting landscapes ready for that because we cry we cry over spilt milk every time it happens you're talking about something major i don't know that we're ready for that well and i'm not done yet because there is one <laughs> continue <laughs> there's please. one key issue that what's is the key issue the key issue that's going to affect hawthorne rebuilding is that they traded their first round pick to st kilda last year so hawthorne's number one pick in this year's draft goes to st kilda which currently sits at number one Okay. Yeah. But this is what I'm talking about. You need to seriously get creative and, and get into the war room and make some decisions long term here. And if you're serious about rebuilding in a hurry, then you need to pull the trigger on some of these sort of uh, names that you're talking about here and see what value you can get. Because there's no value in playing out of Luke Hodge for two more years and then he's got nothing left for you. You might as well pull the trigger and Jeez, do you've something changed spectacular. Your tune. Yeah. You wanted to keep hey, them all two minutes ago. I just gave, I do. I do want to keep them because I don't know how you're going to get rid of them because we can't cope with it. I'm telling you, the biggest issue here is Alistair Clarkson. Oh. Let, he needs to move on and do something else. Well, just I just want you to think, boys, that this being the favourite segment of uh, of the show for all our fans and everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're a yeah. favourite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how often am I wrong? I'm never wrong. Yeah. All right? so let's look back at some of the decisions that I, some of the things I said earlier on mm, in the podcast. Go through. I, I said that Damien Hardwick had been sacked by, <laughs> by the uh, mid-season break. Yeah. And they're currently sitting undefeated third on the ladder. So. Plenty of time, though. There is genuinely yeah. plenty of time. When it comes to Richmond, there is genuinely plenty of time. Well, I'm tipping that Richmond are going to drop the next six in a row. Hardwick will be sacked and I'll look yep. like a hero. Ken Hinckley, or in the balance, I did say that Hinckley would be sacked, I believe, in the last... Uh, was it round 16 to 22? You did. They're currently sitting two and two, but they've looked a bit shaky. Yep. So I still think that Hinckley could get the chop. And, well, Buckley, let's... Uh, <laughs> they're sitting... One and three, they're 13th on the ladder. Buckley will last a year out, but he will be gone. He'll be gone? He'll be gone. And we're gone right now because it's time to hear from our sponsors. Contiki Tours. See the world at the expense of your comfort. Welcome back to the last line of defence where we've heard from the boys in their marquee matchups against the Hawks and Gary Ablett. I want to bring it down a notch at full back and I want to have a quick montage of the year thus far, or in fact Easter, and then I want to bring a little story in from popular media which I think might make you laugh, gentlemen, and uh, put is, football uh, into perspective. Is this the story of Jesus? Uh, in a, it's somewhat, somewhat. <laughs> First I want to talk very quickly about Eddie Betts and his influence in AFL football and what he's doing for the game. And I think it's fantastic that he's become a spokesperson, that he's not one of these silent people who just allows uh, himself to be pushed under the rug and forgotten, even in these critical times. I think it's great that he's highlighting racism in a positive way. And I think hats off to Eddie Betts. Also, I want to touch base on the Richmond Football Club. And Christopher, you just mentioned 
that uh, Damien Hardwick sitting pretty. I still think at any given time, the Richmond Football Club has so much ability to disappoint, and I look forward to seeing them disappoint post-Easter. <laughs> and I, I'd like to discuss very quickly the new ruck rule. The new yes. ruck rule going head-to-head. I just want to see the umpires slow the game right down. Five seconds of setup is going to be worth its weight in gold. Everyone will be happy. The two ruckmen are identified. I think that's a much better way to go. We don't have to rush through the game. Set it up properly, have a great contest, and then we'll see off the back of that all sorts of different set plays, sit up, setups, clear outs. We'll see some different people going to ruck matchups, people pushing forward, people pushing back. I think it could be quite intriguing for the game and bring in a whole new series of set plays and uh, different ways in which people, particularly down forward, contest their ruck work. I think it could be quite good oh, for I'm the game. I'm looking forward to this, Glenn. We've now, got to cover all this in three minutes, G-Man. No, get... no, 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 no. <laughs> I've just given you a little montage of all the things you've missed when you've been hugging the porcelain and sitting <laughs> atop it with all uh, your, uh, yes, your faecal matter streaming from your bottom. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Speaking of faecal matter, I came across this today from Ebony Bowden from The Age, and I just thought this is too good not to get a mention on the show. I'm going to read it almost word for word. I want you to just give me some feedback as we're going through. It's got nothing really to do with football, although you could say it's competitive and it's brought out some competitive spirits, but let's just see from the, uh, the, the, I guess, the heading alone, you get a feeling for where this is going to go. It says, horrible Easter egg hunt leaves children in tears in Geelong. A public Easter egg hunt has turned bitter after parents accused organisers of confiscating chocolate from their children and making them cry. <laughs> Can you believe this? You listen to this. At a cost of $15, children were able to partake in a chocolate egg hunt and greet the Easter Bunny at Geelong Showground on the strict condition they fill only one bag. But the city of Greater Geelong is now in damage control after children were reportedly told by organisers they needed... Sorry, they collected too many eggs and needed to put some back. <laughs> <laughs> the City of Greater Geelong Events Facebook page has been flooded with messages from parents who said the Easter egg hunt was horrible. Listen to this. This is what one angry person said. Just a heads up, went to the Geelong Easter egg hunt and food festival at the showgrounds and just wow. They took eggs off children, making them cry when they only had a few eggs. Easter Bunny went up to my son and took Easter eggs off him. I was so shocked and my son wasn't happy very afterwards. Upsetting. And that's just controversy down in Geelong. Gentlemen, what are you thinking about this? Give me, give me some insight here. It's kind here. of like a reverse Easter egg hunt, isn't it? If you have to <laughs> hand the eggs back. Unbelievable. They had to hand... Here it is here. One woman complained about the $15 price tag for an Easter egg hunt that included small gift bags with Merry Christmas on them. The eggs were Audi $1 eggs, which you can only <laughs> fit in a few as the bags are so small, she wrote. And it's just caused huge trouble down in Geelong. You thought the Ablett mess was huge. This <laughs> is fucking massive. Well, they're taking Easter eggs off kids. I reckon they could have gone one step further and made an absolute carnage. The Easter bunny could have ripped his head off and gone, I'm not real! Yes, that could have happened. It says here, children were also reportedly smashing eggs inside the hunt and eating them. Concerning staff, there wouldn't be enough for other families. And to finish here, it says, the event organisers have sworn off hosting another Easter egg hunt next year. Can I suggest that if Gary Ablett does come back, that he is an ambassador for that particular function? <laughs> yes. Because I think he is the right person to be a patron of such an event. Yes. <laughs> and, and why wouldn't the Nelson twins, to be quite honest, why wouldn't the two of you get involved in something like that, an Easter egg we, hunt? We, we've done a little bit of work down at Geelong over the years. So How have we you found it? 
interesting, interesting. But uh, we would certainly be up for an ambassadorial role alongside Gary Ablett. Sorry, I will just have to stop you there because I had Easter at my place on the weekend and I just am so relieved that it's only another 12 months away. Did you take eggs off your... Uh, Child? We, we had eggs everywhere. So my wife went uh, overboard, bought a heap of eggs. The kids smashed them and then and then rubbed them into the carpet. Now, so. I want you to look me in the eye and answer this question. Honestly, I will punch you in the nose if I don't <laughs> like your answer. Did you buy an Easter bilby? I didn't. I don't do Thank any God. Easter I would have punched you in the nose yeah. if you bought an Easter bilby. There's no place for bilbies. They're eggs. Uh, or chickens. I don't <laughs> want any your bilbies. Kids, your kids are teenagers. Do you still get into the uh, Easter uh, egg festivities, Glenn? Yes, I hid five eggs in the Edinburgh Gardens yep. uh, over in Fitzroy. My kids are uh, in Williamstown. Yep. Uh, so it was a, a really big slog for them to get over. And by the time they got there, they couldn't find anything. So bad luck to them. Well, at least you had the day to yourself, mate. That no, you know thing. what I like. I actually like hot cross buns. I'm going to ask you mm. this question. With a hot cross bun, do you put butter on it before you put it in the oven? Or do you you just put butter when it comes out of the oven. When it comes out? No, oh. always before it goes in and when it comes out. Above. If you're going to do your cholesterol right, do it that way, <laughs> let me tell you. Get it right. You've got it all wrong, Tay. You've got Hawthorne wrong and you've got hot cross buns wrong. But that's just about <laughs> it. I think we've got most of this program right. Now let's sound the siren. There it is. We love the siren. Gentlemen, seldom does the siren sound without a final word, an extra thought, something that's going on in the world. Please tell us what's on your mind. The ruck rule. You just wanted to touch on that and we never got to it. Well, so I did. Ruck. I touched on it briefly. What, what do you think we should do? We should wait five seconds I, I don't rush the game. Just allow some space in the game. Identify who the players are so everybody's crystal clear. By name, via the umpire, don't rush. Throw the ball up. Simple. I have a solution to this What's problem. What's this? I think we should do what they do in the under nines mm -hmm. and the umpire chooses two blokes to go up in the ruck. That's nice. And we get rid of any problem. The umpire just chooses them? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the yeah. closest to or the per if the umpire is smart, the person who he knows is having a rough day. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So in this case, we bring in Ricky Henderson. Yeah. In comes Ricky Henderson. Please come in. Even better, what about the umpire chooses Aaron Sandlands and Caleb Daniel to go up against each other? There's about three foot difference in height. That will just create chaos. I like that. Or maybe even just bring in the shorter players full stop. Or what about a netball type snatch of the ball? Yes. I'd like to see that. Hands yeah. by your side, snatch at the ball. Maybe there's some different way of doing it that we haven't thought of. I like it. Then look, what other solutions have you got for the ruck rule? That, that was it. That was it. That was it. We solved like problems it. here on the last line no, of defence. No, and done problem it. is solved. Any other <laughs> mailbag questions, gentlemen? No, well, I, I did just have a mailbag question from Jenny in Rutherglen oh. who, who asked where we had been. So uh, we did touch on that, that I've been overseas. And uh, so there you go, Jenny. I hope you're listening and uh, we'll be back every week from now on. Don't well, no, worry. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't go saying that because that's not entirely true because the two of you are actually heading over to China very, very soon. Yes. For a, what is it? A, tw a twins festival. Twin Correct, festival? Yeah. In go going via North Korea. So it should be, <laughs> should be a great trip. Looking forward to it. Is that in June? Well, it's in next week. June, next man? week. Yeah. Yeah. So they can't hold their twins festival in June? What's they, wrong with that? I don't know. But, Jenny, we will work out some way to get this podcast to you, to Rutherglen. Don't you worry. Oh, but I know we're pushing time on this podcast, but I think everyone out there has been salivating to hear more of us, given the fact that we haven't been on air. I have to ask, critical question of you both. You're in China. There's a huge US, uh, North Korean... 
stoush, there's an issue there. What's your plan of attack? What are you going to do? We're going to we're going to go one on each side. So Justin's going to team up with his mate in North Korea. I'm going to get on the US side, and okay. we're just going to add. We're just going to add fuel to the fire. <laughs> I like it. I like your I like your approach there. A very sensible way to finish the show, <laughs> gentlemen. We must end the program here, but we can continue the conversation electronically. Folks, please don't forget to stalk us and share your mailbag questions via the Last Line of Defence Facebook page and or Instagram where you'll find all three of us floating about. Don't forget this is a free download, so it should be. On <laughs> iTunes, it should be very, very free. Let's fade the music up thanks to our producer, Mr Nathan Smart. Say our goodbyes, gentlemen. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you to Amin at Mesmes. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Back on it. Folks, remember, <laughs> the backline is the backbone.